we are next. Uh, our next guest is Father Christopher Cowles. Uh, Father, are you there on the ra- phone with us? I am. I am. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you with us. Uh, you are the pastor of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which means I'm assuming you speak Spanish. More or less. Depends on the day. But typically <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Father, I'm a I'm uh, graduate of Gorman High School, and I remember when uh, our, la- our Lady of Guadalupe was St. Therese in the, in the old days. Um, but tell Correct. us about this fire that, um, uh, well, first of all, tell us a little history about Our Lady of Guadalupe. So Our Lady of Guadalupe the- Parish started in... Um, 1996, there was a transition um, in which Bishop Robert Carlson gave the parish over to the Diocese of Sioux Falls as the uh, Hispanic parish for the city. At that time, uh, it was largely half and half, half Hispanics and kind of half Americans uh, who were part of the parish, and then St. Therese began their own. Um, but during the course of that time, the community or the Hispanic community has increased greatly in Sioux Falls. So now it's largely all Hispanics with just a few Americans or a few Anglos further in the parish. Wonderful. So it's so it's it's a great ministry then for the for the people who are of Hispanic origin or probably from South America as well. Um, so tell exactly. us about this fire that happened. So right around December nineteenth, um, so it was that afternoon. Um, we had the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the front of the church for prayer and for veneration during the course of the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and there were flowers everywhere, including uh, large amounts of candles. Now the candles weren't a problem but someone forgot to extinguish the little stick they used to light the candles. And it started in the sandbox, went down below the candles, made its way along the front of the church to the corner where we had the image, and then went straight up from there. Had this kind of chimney effect where the image took all the air and the smoke as well as the fire in that direction, and went up into the ceiling, and then went up, ran across um, through the ventilation ducts. Um, and when finally the police, uh, the firefighters found all those, they, they used water to put it out. Um, but there was a lot of damage to the church during that time. Wow, um, that, that sounds—it sounds kind of frightening to me, um, uh, just to think about that happening. Was anybody in the church or hurt in this in this uh, fire? No one was injured or hurt. Uh, we actually thank God that someone walked into the church right when the fire, right after it started, because we don't have a fire alarm system, which we do now. Praise God! Um, but they noticed it and they called the police immediately. Um, so um, the firefighters were on scene right afterwards, put out the main fire. But it then took them close to three to four hours to find all the hot spots in the ceiling to get those out. Okay, okay. So, so amazing. So now you're in a process of rebuilding. Let's tell the goods. Let's tell the resurrection part. Now that we've talked about the crucifixion, <laughs> talk about how the church is being rebuilt. Um, the rebuilding has been going amazingly. Um, this has been an incredible opportunity for a lot of updates in the church, but also even for beautification. Now, while the insurance is covering all what we had. Um, there's a lot of people who've given donations to aid us make it even more beautiful uh, while we have this opportunity and everyone's out of the church in a gymnasium nearby. Um, so we've been bringing it back up to where it was before, um, but adding electrical update as well as just beauty overall, um, using tile in the main sanctuary instead of just having carpet in the past, but also having a bell system, a security system, a fire system, stuff to protect the church for many generations to come. Sounds sounds wonderful. And how are how are the parishioners uh, participating in this? Is this all being done apart from them, or are they in, engaged in this process? They've been engaged in the process um, in the sense that they've just been supporting it, walking through it, being present, giving me input, um, and lots of advice as to what I should do. But at the <laughs> same time, there's been a huge swell of the community. The whole community of Sioux Falls, individual parishes as well as individuals have given 
to our community to help us in bringing the church back to where it was and even better. Um, we are so, so incredibly grateful for the generosity. That's wonderful to hear that we're, we're you know, when one suffers, we all suffer, and when one rejoices, we all rejoice. So it sounds like there's yeah. is is that's going on in in the Sioux Falls community, and especially in in your community there of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So um, you're listening to Father Christopher Cowles from um, Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish in Sioux Falls. Um, he's here. He's on the phone here with uh, myself and Karen Gibis in this final segment of um, Real Presence Live, and. Uh, so, Father, how are you doing in all this? Because, I mean, I'm, I've been at this probably a little bit longer than you have, and uh, these kinds of events and activities certainly take their toll on the pastor. They do. Uh, they definitely do. Um, I was really, really hoping to work a lot on discipleship of my adult this last fall and this coming spring. But the Lord definitely changed my plan. <laughs> he put something on my table that I wasn't prepared for. Um, but at the same time, there's been so much support of the people. And then reminding me to take care of myself and to take it slow. Um, and lots of others who have just said, Father, um, while you're in charge of all this and taking care of it, don't forget that this is about Jesus, not about the Church necessarily or just about you. And I've reminded people of that myself, to say our community is more than just a building. And because of that, the people have banded together much more profoundly than they did in the past. We're trying to figure out how they're going to all fit in the Church now, since we're moving from a gym back into the Church soon. Um, and hopefully we'll have enough space. Oh, okay. So, and you're currently celebrating, where are you celebrating Mass right now? So, right next to the church, there's the school building of the Little Flower, which was there for many years, and there's a gymnasium there. Um, it was a godsend that we had that gymnasium in the first place, but we all moved into that, and the gymnasium has more capacity than our church does, and there are times when there's only standing room in the gymnasium itself. Um, so it shows that even though we haven't been in the main church, people are still coming. Even though they sweat on Sunday morning. Uh, due to the lack of air conditioning, they're still coming and still being faithful to Christ. Wow, that's 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 a wonderful story of of the um, the faithfulness of the community itself. That's that's beautiful. So, when what is the projected? And I always say projected because I've done a few building projects in my day. And <laughs> if they tell you one day, it probably isn't going to be the day. But what's the projected time when you will be in your new church? Just a little over a week, or oh no, wow. two weeks, a week and a half to two weeks. August third and fourth is when we're projected to move back in, and and That's so the they have um, they're they're on target to get there and get everything done by then. <laughs> we hope so. We really do hope so. Um, <laughs> there's still a number of things to finish up, but that's okay. Um, we've got some very good contractors and an incredible construction firm who's doing their work. Two should arrive this coming week, and there should be a lot of other things happening soon. You know, if I, I would, as I told you, I was I'm I spent some time in Sioux Falls, and I'm fami- was familiar with. Um, uh, this parish when it was uh, called St. Therese, are you adding any distinctively Hispanic uh, aspects to the to the remodel that would cause the Spanish people to feel more attracted or more a part of this community? Is there anything you're doing that's different than in that regard? We are, actually. Thank you very much for asking that question. One thing that you'll notice in a lot of older churches is the ceilings were oftentimes blue with stars on them. Um, we decided to go with that same motif. We had that in the past, but I changed the color a little bit. Uh, the, ch- the color is actually turquoise, and you might ask why. Um, it's actually the color of the mantle on the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Okay. So that color signified that she was royalty, that she was a queen. So we covered the whole church with that color and then placed the stars up there exactly in the formation as the constellations are on the tilma. So on um, 
1531, December 12th, when she appeared, the stars that are on her mantle are these actual stars in the constellations in the sky. So we put those up there. So our church is now physically covered with the mantle of Mary, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, Along with that, with all the woodwork in the church, we brought it together um, to have this beautiful color combination, so it looks very elegant. And there was uh, the person who's doing our tile work wanted to donate a mosaic. So he donated this six-foot by seven-and-a-half-foot mosaic that'll be in the front of the church of Our Lady of Guadalupe appearing to Juan Diego. Wow. Um, So that's one really, really beautiful aspect of this renovation. On the other side, we're putting another mosaic of Joseph working with Jesus in the carpenter shop. And because my church is largely made up of um, very much day laborers and workers, um, they'll be able to identify with that and see, okay, I need to follow the example of Christ who worked just like I did. Huh. Boy, those are those are great additions. I love the imagery of the uh, mantle of Mary covering covering the, the community uh, through the through the roof yeah. structure. That, that that's wonderful. <clears throat> it, um, Father Christopher, is there anything else about this construction project about um, for your church or that you would like to share with us as we kind of wrap up? Well, during the course of this time, uh, we haven't been able to gather as much of the community. I have seen the community grow, and I know that once they get back inside their church, it's only going to continue to grow even further. Um, we opened up the kitchen space and the basement uh, for more community activities, and I'm sure it's going to be filled to the brim on a regular basis. But what I look forward to most is just seeing their faith grow. When you have a beautiful worship space, which is it's going to be a very beautiful worship space, it really does lift minds and hearts to heaven. And I can't wait to see um, not just the community grow, but also their faith grow as they enter into prayer in this new space once again. Boy, that that is uh, that's beautiful. A beautiful way to close our conversation and, and to help us appreciate how, as we said, how how death comes out, how life comes out of death um, when we are faithful and follow the Lord. So, um, Father, God bless you, and, and we look forward to hearing about the wonderful um, celebration that reopens your your uh, new but old. Our parish community. Exactly. Thank you very much, and God bless. You bet. Uh, great, great story. Great, way, great way to end to hear all that life that's coming from from a, a tragic kind of situation. So it's, it's wonderful.